In the book of Genesis, we see something very interesting uh, in chapters one. And there is a contrasting distinction. It's a difference, big difference in chapter two and even moving forward from that particular point. And now the idea that we have Genesis one and two are basically the creation account. But there's a significant difference. And but what I want to talk about, I want to concentrate on is how God speaks of himself, how God makes note of himself all throughout chapter one. And basically the creation account, that narrative in particular can be divided into Genesis one all the way up to chapter two, ending at verse number three, because it is six days of creation and one day of rest, seven uh, complete 24 hour day periods. So, and, and so that takes place from chapter one all the way up to chapter two, verse three. And then the next section, that's why they call it. This is the account of total dose. And, but we're not going to get into that right now. Stars at chapter two and verse number four. And that begins the next section. But what I want to bring to your attention and go back and just take a look at it for yourself. And it's how God refers to himself by the name of God. And, and, and that's the occasion. Chapter one, as we look at the creation account, chapter one up to two, three, God simply refers to himself as God. And that's how we read it in our English Bible. But in Hebrew, the actual word is Elohim simply is God in the plural. Now, let me just bring out some issues about the plural. It is not saying that there is more than one God. All of the Bible will speak. There is just one God, uh, the Shema, the Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear you, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There's just, just one God. So why does it use the plural Elohim? Is it simply because the plural of majesty, the plural of majesty simply means by speaking of God's gr glory, his grandeur and his greatness. And so it uses plural form God. I think that's part of the occasion. But I also think that this is simply the introductory form that we have, not only of the plural of majesty, but the plurality of of his persons. Remember, although God is one being, one being, that's why we call him one God, but yet he is one God in three persons. God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. And I think that's why we see that plural form that is being used. But nevertheless, without getting into all of that, the essence of what I want to talk about in this topic is how God addresses himself with respect to creation. And so when we see God, as we read it in English or Elohim, as we would see it in Hebrew, all of this notice now with respect to creation itself, because that's what we have. The whole creation account, everything that God made in the universe God refers to himself 
in the aspect of creation, he refers to himself as God. And that is the supreme name of God that speaks. And here's the point. It speaks of his sovereignty. Now, sovereignty simply means I am God in control who runs everything and everything will abide by my will and my will alone for the simple reason. And here's what we got to see from the Genesis account for the simple reason that I made it all. So therefore, by right of nature, everything should do what I say. Obey me because I am the sovereign God who created all things. And there is an assumption that's applied. He who create can destroy all things. So it is at his will, his wishes, all things do exist. And those things are brought into existence by him because of him through his power. He is God almighty. Can I say it like this so you guys can get it real good? He runs it all and therefore everything better obey him because he is the sovereign God who made it all and he can take it away whenever he wishes. And so in all of that creation narrative, chapter one, that's what we see. The God who stands like that. But then and also too. now notice, 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 notice. In chapter verses 26, when he says, and God said, let us make man in our own image. Notice when he began to make man, it also brings man. Man is a part of that creative thing that God made. So all of the universe that he made, mankind is a part of that too. And so God stands before man in this way. And I am the sovereign God who made you. Okay. But now something happens very uniquely when we get to chapter two, verse four, and we begin talking about, we look into, and that's what's going on in chapter two. We begin to look closer into not just simply creation itself as a whole, but we narrow down introspection at God's creation of man. Now, when we see that whole issue, God's creation of man, he no longer simply calls himself Elohim, the sovereign creator God who runs the world. He remains that, but he begins to, he revealed his personal name, Yahweh. And he begins to refer to himself as Yahweh Elohim. Now, what's so important about the personal name? You see, Yahweh is the covenant name of God. And so when we see God begin to deal with mankind, he begins, he doesn't deal with it like the birds of the air. He doesn't deal with it like the fish of the sea or the trees or the earth and anything like simply God who creates. But he is still, he is still, he is still the God who creates the sovereign one of Genesis 1, 26 to, uh, to 27 and to 28. Let us make man. I'm still man's creator and his God. But he begins to be something else to mankind. The covenant God or simply Jesus lets us see that he is not simply the, our sovereign creator God. He is our father. So he uses the name Yahweh 
Elohim when he begins to talk about man and how he deals with man because God is intimating something with mankind that he has that is unique in everything in creation, everything. When he looks at man, you can see a tenderness, a uniqueness. And it takes me to Psalm eight. And I think that's what was going on in my own personal mind and heart that was going on in the psalmist mind. In Psalm chapter eight, it begins, you see, because this video is all about what's in a name. What's in a name? How did God portray himself in Genesis one? How did God begin to portray himself in Genesis two as he dealt with man? Different. The name is different. Elohim in chapter one. Yahweh Elohim in chapter two, as he dealt with man. But the psalmist in Psalm eight, he started it off this way. He said, Lord, Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord, how God, how excellent, how wonderful is your name in all the earth. And that name is worthy to be praised on the lips of the innocent babes and children. And then that psalmist said, he said, he began to muse. He began to wonder. He said, I began to consider the universe in all of its grandeur, all the works of your hands, how the stars and the sky. And he started to think truly uh, only a great and powerful God, a majestic God. That's chapter one would do and can do these things. He said, then I began to consider how you have interacted with mankind, with us who are part of your creation. And then I begin to say, who is man that God himself even considers to think twice about what we are and how God himself has chosen to come down and visit us even to walk amongst us. He said, after considering how wonderful you are, what in the world are we? And then the psalmist ends and says, isn't it an amazing thing how God has created us with such loving tenderness for a little while lower. Some, some uh, uh, translations reads than the angels. And then another translation reads man has been created a little lower than God himself. So the psalmist begins to muse how wonderful God has been that God has set intentionally his attention, his love and concern upon us, the God who created the universe. And then the psalmist in in Psalm eight and says, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, how excellent is your name. So what's in a name? Our God is the God who created the universe. And we see two perspectives being taught us here. He is the sovereign one who all things should obey and bow down to by nature of who he is and what he has done. The God of creation that includes us. But when he looks at us, there is the tenderness of a father towards his children. And he truly considers us different and distinct even to the angels. Oh Lord, oh Lord, how excellent is your name. And that's what's in a name.